will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Welcome back, man. I love that intro. Boy, I get pumped when I hear it. I know, right? Dun, dun, dun. Do you believe in life after addiction? That's Bruce Stanley. You better believe it. And I'm Adam Comer. Hey, guys, today we're going to be talking about something very practical, man, that really for, for everyone. But we're going to be talking about strengthening for life, right? And we're not talking about doing pull-ups, okay? Well, maybe spiritually, but we're talking about strengthening for life. Bruce, lead us in. Yeah, I I think, you know, anybody could say that any program is trying to give people strength, Yeah, you know, to go out and live life differently or to equip them or uh, to help them in some way where they could, you know, have the tools that they need, you know, all this language yeah. that we use and stuff, yeah. you know. Uh, and and so, in, in not a different way, I mean, obviously that's what God is, is doing in His truth and, and helping us, but the, the power behind what God says in this type of strengthening is uh, what I think makes us different than other programs. And this other fact, uh, Adam, and I know you can talk to this more, is that we, we don't spend a, a whole lot of time yeah. talking about the disease of addiction and how to know your disease and the the cause and effect of the body and the brain, the brain and the nervous system and all, all the stuff, the symptoms and these things to to help people be equipped in some way to to know, you know, what they're going to be triggered on and these types of things that a lot of other programs do. Not and only do, but spend that's their focus. That's the majority of everything around uh that you know is yeah. is that and so 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 yeah so so here's why we don't do it ready and then you're going to take it back over here's why we don't do it um one i think it's helpful can be i think it's knowledge and stuff is very good to obtain but the reason we don't spend a ton of time on it is because fundamentally we believe that addiction's the symptom of a problem mm. right so why would we spend a ton of time explaining to you about the symptom. It, it, here's an example. It'd be like me, someone having the flu and us spending so much. Here's how we're going to help you, man. So when you have a runny nose, here's what the deal is with a runny nose. And the runny nose does this and the runny nose does that. And, and wait, man, I need to get rid of the flu. What are you talking about? My runny nose. I almost, instead of runny nose, I almost used diarrhea. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't dive into that one. But instead of talking about the symptom of having, how do I know I have the flu? Well, you have a runny nose. Well, how do I know I have a heart issue? It's because you have an addiction, right? So we don't spend a ton of time on the symptom. We want to get to the heart of the matter. Right, exactly. And, and man, we, we may use some things that, I mean, because we're knowledgeable about this stuff as as uh, CPRSs and, you know, yeah. pastors. That's and, Certified and, Peer Recovery Specialist. <laughs> and so we may use things like, did you know that the frontal lobe of your brain isn't being used in addiction? In full-blown addiction, you, you, the, the rational thinking part of your brain isn't being activated. And so that's why it takes a period of days in order for you to get to a point where you can even make good decisions, you know, uh, in recovery. I mean, we may say something like that just so that people will know where they're at and have some objectivity to the fact that they need some help thinking. Yeah. Because they right now they can't do a good enough job on it on their own because of where, where they're at. And 
we may say things like that, but that's usually to, to, to try to correct a person and their way of thinking isn't isn't right and that they need help and, and they should listen to, to us and do what we're saying as opposed to their own uh, ideas. And so, uh, yeah, we, we don't do that. But what we do do, what we do do, speaking See, diary of, and I'll <laughs> do, do. <laughs> uh, is we talk about the things that, that, that God talks about in strengthening. And what I mean by that is, well, I'll just give you an example. Yeah. Um, you know, Psalm 46, 1 through 3 says, God is our refuge and our strength an ever-present help in trouble. And it goes on to talk about that. But in Proverbs 18.10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. And Second uh, Timothy 3.16 talks about that every word of God is breathed out and is good for training, for correcting, reproof, and for teaching, and for equipping. You know, and so... What are the pillars of our strength? Yeah. Where do we get our strength from? And these are the things that are going to allow us to stand tall, to not be back on our heels, but to be on our toes um, when we go back out of this world after we've uh, received the knowledge uh, and objectivity and new perspective and new expectations and all this kind of stuff that we teach our guys that when they go out there and confront the world again. And so God wants us to know that we need to stand stand on a foundation that's based on Him, and that we pull everything, all our resources, all our reserves, everything from that foundation. Uh, the Bible's full of these types of illustrations, cornerstones. I mean, you talk about doing pull-ups. I mean, Paul even speaks, the Apostle Paul speaks of running a race, and he compares it to Olympians, you know, and and how they prepare for these uh, these these races and these things in which they're trying to win, you know. They don't just not prepare. They don't just go into the race thinking they're going to win without ever doing anything uh, in preparation for that. And so God's teaching us in the same way how to be strengthened to go out and to win. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important as we're, like I said at the beginning, this is for everyone. And so if we're preparing you to be strengthened for life, you need to know what that means. And the, and the Word says in Ephesians 6 that we don't battle against flesh and blood but against spiritual things, cosmic things. And so if we're, we're, we're talking about preparing you, strengthening you, equipping you, but strengthening you in this cosmic spiritual world, because that's what our battle's in, right? And even if you, the most, here's my only verse I'm going to give you and break it down for a minute, and then I'm going to let you take as much time as you want because this is something you're passionate about, Bruce. But even one of the most popular verses amongst Christians um, that's missed that's actually out of context when it's used most of the time but it's it's Paul in Philippians 4:13 I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me and so often I think that's misused because it's you know where do we go with that well I could be a professional baseball player I could be well you know what some of you no you can't <laughs> you know and so it, I mean, yes, if God wanted you to be a professional baseball player, I don't care if you weighed 700 pounds and you're four foot three. Yeah, God's going to make you a professional baseball player. But that's not what the verse, that's not the word of God is talking about. Well, how do we know that? Well, context is important. In the very context of that scripture, Paul's talking about contentment. But even if, if, if let's dive into the scripture and let's know what we know. He's writing to the church in Philippi. Mm-hmm. And we even have evidence of Paul in Philippi. He was arrested. He was arrested and jailed in the center of the jail and dungeon and was singing 
praises at midnight. And also we read that he ate dinner at Lydia's house, who was a very wealthy woman. So he was eating like prime rib, but he was also jailed. And so these people reading this letter from Paul, where he's talking about contentment, he's saying, hey, it's Christ who strengthens me no matter my circumstance. Spiritually, I'm in. I'm okay. I could be eating in the Ritz Carlton, or I could be locked up in a dungeon, and I could do all things because it's Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, absolutely, right? absolutely, and and that is the essence in what we teach our guys. Um, but there's some meat behind that, yeah. in, in the sense of particulars. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll use one verse here. And Isaiah 41.10, this is the Old Testament, and he says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And, and that's not hypothetically speaking, because what Adam just said was, we're talking about spiritual things, cosmic things, supernatural stuff. And what Adam meant by that is, not we're, we're creating a new episode of Star Trek or something to try to teach you how to deal with the Klingons or whatever. The last you know, it's, frontier. You know, no, it, there is something in the spiritual world, in the supernatural world, that is pressing against us or working with us. And when so God says, I am with you, he means physically, spiritually, he's with you. Yeah. When he says, I will uphold your hand, he means that he will lift you when you can't lift yourself. What Paul meant by he was strengthened by God is what we teach our guys in that no matter what you face out there, Mm. whether it's a job loss, whether your mother dies, whether your girlfriend doesn't want anything to do with you anymore, whether people tell you that you're a loser because you're an addict, when you know that you've recovered, and all these things, you know, uh, you still got a bunch of debt because you lived a horrendous life in addiction. You've got all these things that you have to overcome and they're pressing against you, where do you find your strength? What strengthens you in that? And it is this. What strengthened Paul in that dungeon was joy. Hmm. Why he was able to sing songs when he was sitting in slop. Because let's face it, dungeons in those days, jails in those days, and depending on your crime, you were buried in a hole in the ground. And depending on your crime, you were placed in a, a deeper hole. And hey, things run downhill if you yeah. get my drift. And so and they didn't the have bathrooms and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, think it even says he was. They were in stocks, and it wasn't like European stocks that vegetables were. They contorted your body. It was yeah. torture, right? Yeah. So how can you sing yeah. in a situation like that? It comes from this contentment, this joy, this knowing, right? That no matter what you're up against, you're good. Yeah. That you're you're sealed by the blood of Christ that no matter what happens to you in this world, you're promised something by God, and it will be fulfilled in this life or the next. And that if it's not filled in this life, then it's only temporary. It's not going to last forever, and this life isn't all we have. Now, God wants you to live a good life. It's because His goal is that you will walk out there and be evidence of His glory, and that others will gaze upon you and see God working in your life. And, and the most biggest evidence for somebody who comes to addiction is the, the wreckage of life that you once lived, and now you go out there and live a completely different life, and people have to take notice. Yeah. 
That's why we were talking about addiction can be the next revival. The recovery and redemption through Christ can be the next revival. It's, it's the most thing that is contrasted when people look at a person and see what was, and now they see what is, and they have to know, you know, that this person is saying it was God. Now, they may doubt that, and they may claim that it was something else, but the evidence is there. They have to ignore it, basically, is what they have to do. Yeah. And so the strengthening comes from uh, a, a new perspective, a new understanding. Paul says, look, it's a renewing of the mind. Salvation is a renewing of the mind. It's it's gaining a new observation of what life really is. And therefore, your expectations change, your goals change, your your dreams change, your uh, objectivity changes. We talked about that in a couple episodes back. And so we gain strength from this. It's as if somebody was going around, hey, the sky's falling, the sky's falling, the sky's falling. And everybody else is like, oh, the sky's falling. Everybody's running around crazy. Hey, the sky's falling. But you're just standing there. And everybody's like, what's wrong with you? The sky's falling. It's like, the sky's not falling. Hmm. Well, yeah, it is. Don't you see everybody around, running around? It's, it's the sky's falling. But you know emphatically that the sky's not falling. Right. Right? That's why you're just standing there. Yeah. And so when you go out in life like that, you don't have to be reactionary and do what everybody else is doing. You can be a pillar of strength because God's giving you that. Yeah, like you said, perspective. And so th- this this thing, what is it? the joy that Paul had in the dungeon when he's saying, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, another complimentary thing that he says, things that he says is just like to live as Christ, to die as gain. It's his identity. Yeah. And now, people, if you're listening, do you understand why S2L Recovery says it's so important? Identity is so important. Whose you are is so important. If you are identifying as an addict or an alcoholic. Where does your strength come from? But what if you are a bloodstained child of the kingdom? Well, there's what if, some strength. Yeah, man. And so even the last the last three, like it's a trust thing. So how do I go? I want to grow in the strength. Well, you want you want to grow? You want to trust someone? Let me give you mm. an example. When we first met Bruce, I just met you. You're not, I don't know you. You're not untrustworthy, but I don't trust you. Yeah, you know, you're not babysitting my kids. But now I've gotten to know you, and and yeah, you could baby. Well, maybe not you. Alana could babysit <laughs> my kids, you know. But it's you getting to know someone. So if you wanted to gain and the strengthen in life, and gain in this trust and your identity, and having this peace as the Apostle Paul, you've got to want to know God more. Well, how do you do that? Yeah. So principle one, right? <laughs> yeah. In the seven principles of our faith that Peter outlines in Second Peter chapter one. He says, add these things to your faith. And there's seven things. Yeah. You know, we call them principles. The Bible didn't call them principles, right? But the very first one has to do with trust. Yeah. And what does the Bible say? It says, add to your faith goodness, right? Or excellence or virtue, which are all the same thing, right? Yeah. And, and God's saying, do you even know what is good, right? The guys running around saying the sky's falling. They don't know what's good, right? Because the thing that they trusted in is now falling. But if the thing I trust in that is good, and I know it can't fall, then guess what I'm going to do? I'm not going to run around with my head cut off. 
You're going to have – you're going to be still. It's funny. The last three episodes, go back and listen. It's objectivity and truth, being still in adversity, and strengthening – this one's strengthening for life. They're, they really mesh together. And mm-hmm. everything that we're saying, you should really go back and just – if you're just catching this one, go listen to these three yeah. in a row. I want to I give a real example of a, of a guy who's on staff right now. And I know you wouldn't care even if I mentioned his name, but I'm not going to. And it's something that I see often when guys come into the program and we see them get strengthened. And, you know, we all know that when they go back out there in the world, it's the real test, right? And that's why we say sometimes being in at S2L, at the lodge is like being in a bubble. It's a brotherhood. And there's a lot of strengthening around you, yeah. you know, that you can count on. But once you get out there, you're back on your own again is when the real test happens. And one of the things that I see happen to a lot of guys and why they stumble and even come back to our program if they're lucky, right, uh, is because somebody would die. Mm. Their mother, their dad, yes. their brother, or even a friend out of you know overdosing or whatever, and it crushes them. It crushes them to the point where they end up going back out again. They, yeah. they end up using again or, or, or worse, you know, they die. And because of that, and what I mean by strengthening and what happens when a man confronts God and knows what his his strength comes from and the foundation that he stands on, the cornerstone of his faith, and then how it can't be shaken, is such that when things like this happen in our life, we don't self-destruct. Yeah. And I'll give you an example of a guy who just went through this exact same scenario who's on our staff. And Adam, you know the story, but I just want to share with the listeners. He was he was one of these guys and his story is such that, man, it was one of the worst of worst stories yeah. in terms of his addiction and how he almost died multiple times. And um, he's even lucky to be alive coming into our program. But the wreckage of his life, you know, family mistrust, everybody, right? Even to the point where he didn't even have a good relationship with his father. And uh, he comes in our program, he stays with us. He gets, his life's totally changed. People in his life or starting to know the difference, but they haven't been around him. They haven't really been around him. They just know and hear and they're talking to him and they may have visited once or twice and they're seeing the change. But you have to know there's still some mistrust in there. And uh, he, he goes home and he finds out his dad's deathly ill, you know. And, you know, he goes back again and in the course of this short period of time of his dad being ill, he dies. His dad dies. And what ends up happening, uh, and and this is Again, I know he wouldn't mind me telling the story, but I'm not going to mention his name. Is that he wanted so bad to rekindle the relationship with his dad that he didn't have before. And any person would have said, you know, that was robbed from them. And they would have felt huge guilt and shame because of that, because they're the one who wasted it, not, you know, the other person. And that time was robbed from him. He didn't get to reconcile with his father. He had a little bit of time. And I think enough time to where his father knew what the changes that happened in his life. Yeah. But again, he didn't get to spend those beautiful days with his dad because of all the years that he's wasted in addiction. And his dad dies. Dad's no longer here. And guess who the family called to do the service, to speak at the funeral? They called him. Hmm. The one that wrecked havoc in all of their lives. Not the brother or the sister or an uncle or, you know, anybody like that, they, they asked him to do it, right? Mm. And he had to have the strength to get up there and talk about 
his dad, mm. you know, and to be able to do it without, I'm getting choked up just talking about, without shedding tears, without quivering in his voice. And I'm sure there was a little bit of that, you know, yeah, just having peace. But, uh, but having peace about it, not having his rock crushed to the point where he was going to lose it again. He was going to go back out and do all the stuff he did before. He's going to be victimized. He's going to be so full of shame and guilt that he's just going to be ruined by it. No, he became the strength for his family yeah. who didn't even know his strength and where he got it from, Yeah, that he was able to share that with them. And then they gained something out of it. But the point I'm making is... You know, it's interesting, though, before you make your point, that's actually the story of two staff members that last year. Mm-hmm. Two different staff members. That exact, I didn't know which one you were talking about, mm-hmm. but now I do. That was two staff guys, the very similar thing. But, yeah, I don't, how many guys have we seen that have been crushed by it in the same exact scenario? Yeah. Once they left our program, we thought they were yeah. good. We thought they were equipped, and they went out there and they confronted this, and it ruined them. And some of those guys died. Yeah. Some of those guys died because of it. Because they went back out because they were ruined by that yeah. circumstance. It yeah. just goes to show what Paul was teaching us and what the Bible teaches, what God teaches us, is that we can reach a level of strengthening, that we can be so content. We can be so sure in the things that God has promised us that when life hits us smack in the face, we're not crushed. We're not crumbled. Yeah. We stand and we're able to be overcomers. And I'm telling you, if you can learn that, right? Whether it's addiction or anything in life, then you've reached a point in your life where you're unmovable. Yeah. You're yeah. unmovable. And and how do you do that is you want to trust God more, learn, press into him more, read his word more, do the things that learn about who he is, like trust. Like the example I just gave about trusting Bruce to babysit. Man, I know him now. Right, get to know God more. Do the things that He's called you to do. Um, yeah, so strengthen. Yeah, but let me let me say something else too, because when we talk about equipping and the tools and these kind of things, that man that's on staff that I'm talking about, what was the first thing he did, Adam, when he found out about this? Asked for prayer. Asked. For, he called his brothers. Yeah. Right. He asked for prayer. Yeah. He started initiating the things that he was equipped in, right, that he knew he had to do. Man, so many people, even Christians, sadly, think that the Bible is a bunch of don'ts and can'ts when it's really full of in place ofs and instead ofs. There is so much you can do as a Christian, right? It has nothing to do with the can'ts and don'ts. It has everything you can and should be doing. That produces life. Absolutely. And not death and darkness, life and light. So, yeah, absolutely, man. Strength for life. Strengthening for life. Final thoughts? Man, I encourage everybody, even Christians, if you don't know, like truly know, yeah, the God that you call God, I behooves you to get to know Him. Because in doing so, you become unshakable. Yeah. Life can't hurt you. These things that Adam says is, is cosmic and spiritual, which are, by the way, more powerful than any man or woman or any entity in this world could ever do to you. You can confront that and you won't be ruined. Yeah. Thinking about, think about you having the mindset for me to live as Christ, but to die as gain. Unshakable. What do you do with that person? 
That's it. Life after addiction. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.